The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy has uh, just run into the studio. She's informed me that Justin Beaver's mom will be on the uh, show today. Who? Justin Justin Beaver's mom. Justin Beaver, yeah. Beaver or Beaver? Beaver. Beaver. Sorry. Justin Beaver. Not that we didn't try for the beave or the beeb. <laughs> Actually, I'd rather speak to, to Justin Beaver than yes, the other one. Than yeah. the other one, yeah, certainly. Yes. So uh, what, what is this all about, Judy? Can you imagine living with a beaver in your house? Uh, no, that would be, I would imagine all the furniture would get chewed up. Chewed up, yeah. You would think they would just chew up everything and, and dam up everything that they could find and just, yeah. So you yeah, found- And they like water. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so totally you put like a kiddie pool in your living room? I guess so, or just keep your bathtub full of water for them. So we're going to be talking to someone that actually has a beaver as a pet? Is it a pet? Well, she's a wildlife rehabilitator. Okay, so she's so rehabbing she, a yes. beaver. It's not legal to have a beaver, or maybe even a beaver as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> Although. <laughs> okay. Um I'm sure you have a question for me, Al. Can we move on? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go to the phones for your calls in just a couple of minutes here, but uh, I certainly want to know what's coming up in the news. Well, um, luckily, I have some information for you. Um, Rover.com did a new survey, so it's all with, you know, people who are dog-oriented. We'll tell you what they found about those of us who like to take pictures of our pets. Let's talk to Dale. Hey, Dale, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you all doing today? Very good. How can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie right over here. Yes. Well, hi. I've got a a boxer pup. It's about, oh, 15 months old. And um, some friends of ours was over, and they had an Akita puppy, and they were playing pretty rough. And the Akita puppy literally just ran right into the boxer pup and pushed him into a cabinet. And... uh, and they started favoring his front right leg for quite a while. And, um, you know, I, I laid him down and I kind of uh, felt his leg and checked to see if there was any fractures or anything that I could feel of. Couldn't, mm-hmm. feel, you know, feel anything. And there was normal movement in an up and down, you know, in a normal position on the leg. So the next day we take him to the vet just to make sure there wasn't a, a uh, simple fracture. They didn't show anything on the x-ray. But to this day, this was... Uh, of several months back, and to this day, he'll be he'll favor the leg on occasion. But then, when it's almost like when he's uh, he just has a a moment where he'll just he'll run and play like there's nothing wrong with it. I can't figure out why he keeps favoring it, and my vet can't figure it out either. 
Yeah, that is a bit of a strange um, presentation for a limping problem. And when you talk about a young dog, especially a young large breed dog, a couple things come to mind of types of growth problems that can occur and that can cause a a limping problem, especially an on-again, off-again problem. They're not always typically preceded by an injury. So that kind of confuses the history here a little bit for your baby. But there are some weird conditions. There's one called OCD and another called panosteitis. And they're they're common in young, uh, large breed dogs. And they're a little bit harder to find because they're not really as obvious as a fracture. Um, so I might uh, say that in your situation, I would encourage maybe a follow-up x-ray and see if there's any changes between those. Um, see if we can see if there's some subtle change with the cartilage that maybe is sheared off a defect, something that could explain that persistent pain. Because, yeah, if nothing's broken and he's a youngster, yeah, I'm, I, I can't make up any other real good reasons why he should be having a problem in that regard. Right. And I, I didn't know if it I might get... be like a bone bruise or something, you know, on a, on a green bone that's still growing. I didn't know if there could be such a thing like a bone bruise. Well, they can get bone uh, cysts and kind of like inclusion cysts inside the, the parts of the long bones. And that might not be something that was readily apparent the first time, you know, right after the injury. But it, that's where, like, shooting another x-ray at this point might be worthwhile to see. Because you can get changes like that um, in a bone after some kind of injury. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be the best thing I'd encourage it is to just take another peek at it. And then um, has your has your puppy been on any kind of pain relief? Did they prescribe any? anti-inflammatory of any sort yeah an anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. okay, and, good. Uh, so you know and that's when you know um that's what's it's crazy because after we put him on the anti-inflammatory you know i mean he still kind of favored it for a little while but then you know he'd be laying down and then this, the next thing we know you know he'll he'll see something he'll jump up and run around like it's it's nothing <laughs> you know so i don't know if, he, if it's it's you know it's like i uh, told my wife it's i wonder if he just He's doing it for his sympathy trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say never underestimate the power uh-huh. of adrenaline, uh-huh. especially in a young dog, because I, I have dogs come to my office and they may be limping, not walking at home, and they come in and their tails wagging and they're dancing around. So that once that adrenaline kicks in, boy, yeah, that limp can kind of fade away, and uh, you know they may be thinking about the rabbit they're chasing or um, you know the other fun on the other side of the door that they're going to have. Right. So. Can you actually train your dog to limp? I mean, give them no. Seriously, oh, sure. I you would could. think that if if they get uh, the the sympathy vote when they're limping, that they might actually do that. Even you know, maybe this... I could go to maybe I could go to Hollywood. And we could they might need a limping dog that we can get him a movie role. <laughs> there you go. He can earn his keep that way. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll uh, I'll take him back in and have another X ray X ray run and and uh, see if anything else shows up. I appreciate it. Thanks for the good work. Dale, All right. Thanks Thank for, you for calling the call. today. Yes, one eight six six. Oh, so do we. For a lot more reasons than you do. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Good. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Yes, I, I have a little problem child here. All right. What's going on? Now, now we've been working very diligently with our, our local vet. The number one thing going on is, is she's, she's going either, either before we put her outside or after we bring her back in. And we've tried proing. And we've checked everything. We've checked. We've, we've had the ultrasound done. We've had blood work and mm-hmm. uh, your analysis. Everything comes back normal. And we're thinking this might be a psychological thing. But okay. I, I, I was wanna, just wondering. I'm going to back up. What Robert, that, what kind of. 
What kind of dog you got here? I didn't catch that. Uh, we took a terrier and probably a dachshund mix. Okay. And she's how old? I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 or 12 years old. And so just so I'm clear, she's having urine accidents or poop accidents? Urine accidents. And, and, and it's only like I say, urine. We, we've, we've searched out the possibility of it being accidents, and I just I don't think it's an accident. I, I, I feel like it's being done on purpose, and we don't know why. Okay, so where is she urinating, and is it always in the same place, or is she moving around? It's pretty much always in the same place. And what we do now, we have a tile kitchen floor. On rainy days, we lay down a blanket on the tile floor, so when they come back in, they can wipe their paws. She'll go, and like I say, sometimes she goes before we let them out if that blanket is laying down there. But what's what's really got me baffled is... We started pulling the blanket up uh, okay. and only putting it down right when they come back in from outside, and all of that stopped. So she's not going mm. on the tile floor. She's not going anywhere else, but, but she continues to, if we leave that blanket down there for more than three or four minutes and, and take our eyes off of her, she will go on that blanket before she climbs upstairs. <laughs> Okay, I got you now. All right, I see what's going on here. So I'm glad that you had a very good, thorough medical checkup because, you know, in a 10-year-old dog, urine accidents can sometimes be a a signal of a health problem. I think the reality of what it sounds like you got going on is you need to get rid of that blanket, man. You need to be drying these babies' feet off, um, taking that blanket and getting rid of it because it could very well be just something as simple as a marking behavior. Um, the door is kind of a social area. It's an interactive zone. It's kind of a transition. So it could very well be that she's saying, hey, this is kind of the entry to my lair, and um, I'm going to say this is, you know, our territory, my territory, and I'm going to urinate here. If that is not there and she doesn't have urine accidents elsewhere, um, I, I'm really led to believe that's the situation. And, you know, I dogs don't generally, they're not generally malicious creatures. They're, they're very kind-hearted animals. They're not like people. We're mean. And they don't typically do these kind of things to get us mad or to piss us off. It's generally something either medical or something either social or uh, psychological. So um, I might be led to believe that you just need to make a decision to get rid of that blanket and know that that's going to be her trigger. That may be her preference, that her that substrate that she really likes. And when it's in that right spot, she's going to urine mark on it. And if all you got to do is take that away, then I think it's an easy solution. And uh, as long as she's not having accidents elsewhere i'd say yeah it's a that's a human now we, we can fix that out all the time um you know i mean if, if she if, if she if she goes on it we you know it immediately goes out and 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 gets rewashed and then we you know of course i don't, the care. Next I don't want you to put it down in the first place you putting it down there is allowing her that opportunity it's setting that environment just right doesn't matter that you wash it she's just thankful that you are you're flushing the toilet for her every time you do that <laughs> <laughs> and so. you know, but we've been doing this in that same routine forever, and it's just been going on oh eight or nine months. And mm-hmm. so, is it just? I, I just wonder if there was any other kind of a trigger. You think just? Yeah, this is just, I mean, everything is just ringing. This is a, like I said, a social zone where, you know, dogs can very typically mark. Now, another solution, ways to maybe work around this. Hey, what about the idea of putting an, um, like an outdoor mat on the 
opposite side of that door, somewhere where the doggies can kind of maybe partially dry their feet. And then if they do, she does urinate on that. It's outdoors. It's not such a big deal where you have to worry about that being inside. Just just a solution. But for me, gosh, Robert, I just say get rid of that blanket and uh, return your household to a, you know, hopefully a toilet-free mess in that zone. Robert, thanks for your call. 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals. Canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at Red Barn Inc. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The toll-free number is 1-866-405-8405. And uh, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And if you're listening to us on the radio, but you have an iPhone or an Android phone, there's a brand new device called the Sound Dot. These are headsets that you put into your smartphone and they have a built-in FM receiver. So you can huh? listen to radio without internet access, wow. without using cellular data, which is good because let's say there's a uh, some kind of catastrophe and the internet is down and you have no connection to the radio. You have your phone, but there's no internet access. Uh-huh. You can use one of these headsets, which, by the way, they're What's not- What's it called again? They're called SoundDot. S-O-U-N-D-O-T, SoundDot. It's a cool device that has great headphones, too. I mean, they're, they're great little headsets. They, you can control the EQ on them. Check it out at blackcloud.com, and that's spelled B-L-A-C-K-L-O-U-D, blackcloud.com. Sounds like Black Black Cloud. Loud. Blackcloud.com. Okay. Wow, and if you, so many f- yeah, I know. <laughs> spelling things and sound things well, today. So we made it real easy for you. You head to our website at animalradio.pet, and we put a link right on the front page. Just hit the sound dot, and if you put in the code animalradio, you get 10% off those little puppies there. They're pretty cool. cool. Trying them out this week. Uh, so, and that's just another way to connect with us and listen to Animal Radio whenever and wherever you are. In just a few minutes, we're going to find out what Witch Hazel is. And you, you ladies, you're looking at me like, yeah, I know what I Witch Hazel is. I know what that is. is. I knew yeah. what that was 40 years ago. What's the ago. big deal? 
Well, yeah. because I've seen it on the shelf, but I've never once thought about buying it because I don't even know what it's for. I don't know what it does. The name freaks me out. It has witch <laughs> in it. Um, I'm going to find out. Joey's going to tell me. He's going to tell us all what, what witch hazel is and what it does in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. So very excited about that. I know that you brought, you're at the edge of your seat saying, I'm going to stay on this station listening to Animal Radio so I can, I can find out but all you about know, it. Hal, you're right. It's a good thing because witch hazel, is, it comes in so handy for so many things with pets. So definitely. <laughs> I have no clue, I guess. What are you working on for this hour? Um, you know, there's a lot of information coming about because of California's new law giving judges the power to decide custody in cases of pets. It got me to thinking, and I, I did some research on this, and I found out how many pets, or I guess I should say which kind of pets, are most frequently fought about in courts, but it's really oddly skewed. Okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here. And let's go to the phones. Judy, which one's been ringing the longest? Line three. Hi, Henry. Hi. I have a uh, kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat. getting kind of old there. And I noticed that he has a uh, patch on his rear side that doesn't seem to ever heal. And uh, it gets bigger, and he bites at it all the time. I notice, though, that it kind of recovers, never fully, when I give him uh, his flea drops for the month. Hmm. Okay, so it gets better when he is treated for his flea tra- treatment. Yeah, the family actually thinks that it might be dust mites, but, you know, I, I wanted to get the official doctor. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it looks bad, but it, it gets better around the periphery. Well, definitely, you know, fleas actually are the number one allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching, approximately 80% of the time it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly. Is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty? Uh, well, it's an indoor and outdoor kitty. You know, he we're trying to get him to... We, we have a big house, you know what I mean? We can't, he likes to run, you know what I mean? He's supposed to be inside, but, you know, he he gets in and out, you know. Okay. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But, you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, And then really focus on some of the the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment. And those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using. Um, And for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then, you know, checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties. It's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about. But I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hindquarters areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, And it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Okay, thank you so much because that excessive licking uh, and and that, that just that description how he's moving 
does sound mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you get key points even without being here. Well, good. Hey, reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners. Thank you so much, Henry, and okay. give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us. Um, thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here at one 405 8405 God, you're good. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Something Worth Saving. Cozy up with your furry friend in a great read. Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a wonderfully touching and surprisingly funny story of a fiercely loyal cat named Lily and the unbreakable bond she shares with her human. Clever and observant, Lily knows that you don't have to be the biggest and the strongest to fight for the ones you love. You can find Something Worth Saving everywhere books are sold. And learn more at sandywardbooks.com. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a touching and funny exploration of family life as told by a highly perceptive and outspoken narrator named Lily, who happens to be a cat. Lily is a fiercely loyal friend to her human. So when things start happening in her family, she's ready to step up and prove that she may be tiny, but she's also mighty. Something Worth Saving will make you a believer in the deep connection between humans and their furry friends. Pick up a copy of Something Worth Saving today everywhere books are sold and visit sandywardbooks.com for more info. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, if you have your cell phone close by, uh, go ahead, pick it up and uh, take a quick look at the pictures you've taken recently. (laughs) Uh, Do you see more pet pictures on there than pictures of your significant other? (laughs) I think all most of us here have our pet pictures. (laughs) Yep. The results of a new study from Rover.com show that 65% of dog owners take more pictures of their dogs than of their husbands, wives, girlfriends, or boyfriends. Uh, The study also claims that nearly half of the people polled find it harder to leave their dog for a week than it is to leave their human counterpart. 94% of dog owners surveyed in this survey say that their dog is part of the family, of course. And uh, here's another that you can probably relate to. 56% of dog moms and dads greet their dog at the door first when they get home before saying hello to any humans. But that might be, I know, in my house because certain dogs are harder to ignore than others. Well, see, they're the first ones at the door. How can you ignore them? They, they greet you. If my husband would come and greet me at the door, I'd acknowledge him. But my dog's there. My, my husband's not when I come home. That's true. I think if Tater could do backflips, that he would do backflips. But he just jumps a lot, and, and he smiles. He curls his lip under and up. And, you know, anyone who doesn't know him would think it's frightening, but he, that's his happy look. <laughs> Well, California has enacted a new law that gives judges the power to consider what's in the best interest of pets in divorce cases. And, you know, instead of treating them as physical property like you would a car or a sofa or a refrigerator, it allows judges to consider the care of the pet and then create shared custody agreements for the animal. The legislator who wrote this bill before it became law said he was inspired to write it because in the past there were actually judges who told couples You can sell the dog and split the proceeds. I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I read that. So that was his motivation. And uh, this new law means that judges can take into consideration factors like who walks, feeds, and plays with the pet when deciding who the animal should live with permanently. But 
the law doesn't just apply to dogs. It defines pet as any animal that is community property and is kept as a household pet. And by the way, this was interesting. A national survey of divorce lawyers a few years ago, it found 88% of pet custody fights were about dogs, only 5% about cats. But that survey was done in 2014. So I, I think by now cats have maybe, you know, gained some more popularity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in your house, Hal, I know that you would fight tooth and nail for the cats. It would be, you know, it would be like, heck. I worship them. And I love that about you. And they worship him. <laughs> yeah. Well, losing weight is still one of the most popular changes that people hope to make in the new year. I remember walking into the the office coffee room or kitchen one year, and there were no donuts or anything for about, uh, well, probably a month or two. You looked in the refrigerator, and it was all healthy stuff. Well, now, because, you know, this is how people think at the beginning of the year. In South Carolina, an animal shelter had a genius idea to help someone who wanted to lose weight and at the same time help an overweight cat that was in the shelter. So the shelter teamed up with the fitness center to offer free personal training sessions to the human who adopted Priscilla. Now that is Priscilla as P-U-R-R-S-I-L-L-A. And that deal with a personal trainer is worth about 400 bucks and gets Priscilla, a health-minded human, to help her lose her extra pounds and gets her a new home. I thought that was pretty clever. Hmm. I can tell you're all amused. Thank I, you. I am support. so amused. You know what? I'm going through my photos now. You, <laughs> still oh, really? Story, I was I'm wondering, looking. where is everybody? <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. I don't think I have one of my spouse on here. Ditto. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. It's created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute and 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. You could learn more at Schmitz.com and thanks Schmitz for underwriting Animal Radio. Well, hello, Carol. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing thank today? You very much. I'm doing well, thank you. I have a uh, approximately five, maybe six-year-old mixed dog, about 40 pounds, who was abandoned on my farm, oh, about five years ago, more or less. And uh, she was, uh, she's been mutilating her foot, and she had an injury. And uh, I can't get her to stop chewing on that foot. Uh, And I've tried the bitter apple and other types of things on top of the bandages. Uh, Mm -hmm. She had had a, a pretty severe cut, which was, of course, taken to the vet, and she was stitched and had all the usual kinds of things having a difficult time getting it healed up because each time she's left alone, and this may be separation issues, each time she's left alone, uh, she starts chewing on it. Uh, mm, tried okay. the diversion things, and uh, that's about where I am. Okay. But this leg did sustain an injury at some point? 
Yes, it did. Uh, back in uh, about September, and we've been working with it ever since with multiple vets and multiple do- suggestions and whatnot, and I'm kind of reaching my wit's end. Uh, she's mm-hmm. pretty well amputated a couple of toes, but it's wow. down on it's fine okay. once she's, it's, of course, bandaged and padded, uh, okay. but, you know, I've got to get So she's going. actually chewed her toes partially off? Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that this is moving out of a category of just, say, a behavioral problem to something truly medical. Because there are people who deal with dogs that lick their feet chronically, create wounds, uh, what we call lick sores or lick granulomas. And those can be very frustrating in their own right because they're from a lot of causes, allergies, boredom, OCD conditions, uh, you name it. If we're actually to that point where she's destroying her own flesh, um, I'm going to say we're dealing more with a potential neuropathic pain or some kind of what we'd call a paresthesia. Neuropathic pain is kind of like the nerve's been damaged and it causes um, not a ghost pain, but a pain um, from the nerves in that area. And paresthesia is kind of like that pins and needle feeling if you sit on your foot. Um, right. So we we know that if there's a chronic or if there's a trauma to a limb, that these can happen. And pets that kind of mutilate their uh, lower limbs after an injury or, say, a fracture repair, um, they may be experiencing this. And it's hard to know, but if we're seeing that behavior, um, then it's certainly worthwhile to look down that road. Um, not that just knowing what it might be can correct it, because sometimes it's also very hard to stop this behavior. Um, but if I could, you know, suggest some directions, one would be, um, you also mentioned some, you know, maybe some um, separation anxiety. So there could be some medication we'd use for separation anxiety that we'd also use for some of these pain disorders. And one is a medicine called amitriptyline that sometimes I'll use. Um, and that's kind of a long-term medication. Um, and the next medicine that I might pull out of the bag of tricks would be um, something we use more for um, some of the nerve pain, and that would be gabapentin. Uh, it's often also used for seizures in patients. Um, but those are two of the drugs that I might kind of pull out of my pharmacy first to try to get to the bottom core uh, behavior of, of the pet. Because um, nothing you're going to try to put on that is going to help if, if we're dealing with those situations. Because it really is, um, you know, an itching, a burning. It's a, it's a sensation. So you can't stop that with just the bitter apple. Um, um, so that, that would be definitely my encouraging uh, road to go there. And um, unfortunately, in some pets, if it's really bad and we lead to more mutilation, um, you know, sometimes something like a, a limb amputation isn't crazy if it means that we remove that source of chronic pain. Um, but that's the last resort. So, you know, certainly I would look at some different medication options before we go there. Um, and, and definitely, you know, long-term antibiotics sometimes are very, very important for these wounds when they get them open and we get different layers of flesh that are exposed, um, that that can be also very important to keep on, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks of antibiotics is not out of line for something like this. So I hope that's not too discouraging. Well, I understand. And it's a difficult situation for her because of being abandoned. And then uh, each time there's separation issues, and obviously she can't be in the hip pocket constantly. But yeah. uh, she does very well on the um, with that uh, when her foot's bandaged and padded. And she runs mm-hmm. and jumps and chases the other dogs and plays and whatnot. But it could very well be a, a neuropathic uh, mm situation because she did have an injury uh, and uh, 
it took us a little bit to get that healed up, and there was a good possibility of some nerve damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, bless your heart, Carol, for taking this baby in, because, you know, certainly she's proven uh, she found the right home, and, um, you know, she's going to get the care she needs. So uh, best wishes to you, and thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here for you at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. The 2019 Honda Pilot gets a cool refresh for this year with a more aggressive new remodeled front fascia, rear fascia, and some cool carbon fiber-looking decals. This allows the big brother of the Honda family to fit in with the rest of the model line. A retuned 9-speed transmission, torque vectoring all-wheel drive, and improved ride and handling come along this year. Now the new tech features include 4G Wi-Fi and cabin talk, a microphone by the driver so the passengers can hear her telling them off. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. It's not that often that a vehicle can truly awaken your senses, but the 2018 Alfa Romeo Giulia does just that. Crafted to provide a truly unique driving experience, desire knows no limits. Learn more by visiting AlfaRomeoUSA.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Here at Animal Radio, we all look good. Mostly because of Joey Volani. He, he dresses us, he grooms us, cuts our hair, cuts our nails. In fact, I think, Judy, you're getting a pedicure tomorrow from him? Or is today, that... later today. Later yes. today. Okay, there you go. And we thank you. Do you think you guys could tip a little bit better? No. <laughs> how, how much should you tip a groomer? Because I, I really don't know how much to tip you. How much should you tip a groomer? Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, that's a really good question. As much as possible. Um, how about that? What do you got in your pockets? Okay, when you're with an Italian groom, we'll pat you down. So, it shouldn't um, be like twenty percent, like you is do. Is it twenty percent? I, I, I would, so? I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would think so. What do you I mean would you would think, think so? You've been doing this all your life. You should know how much you get tipped. Well, yeah, usually, you know, Joey Volani gets tipped a little bit more sometimes. So, you know, yeah. Joey Volani now, come on. Now, well, let's, you know, let's be for real. I'll be real honest. I didn't know you were supposed to tip your groomer. Did, Did you really? No. Do most people yeah, tip listen, you? Uh, most people do tip me. Um, okay. I don't think that you have to. You know, I was raised that if you own the company that um, you really shouldn't even accept tips. I mean, that was just said. I don't even know if, if that's just how I was brought up. Uh, so good. as the owner of the company, I, I don't accept them. But as far as my staff goes, no, it's great. I, lo- I, I love for them to get tips. I guess it's just it like a hairstylist, like a exactly. barber. Yeah. You Correct. Like a barber. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but you you know I got a, I got a, a really good tip because there was a study that was just recently done and uh-huh. do you know that um, grooming your pet could add longevity to their life now not, huh, not wow. just dogs those are all pets domesticated pets that get groomed so studies were done and it's not only because of the brushing and the combing and you know and, and, and keeping up hygiene which that is definitely part of it it's what you find. When you're doing these things, um, uh-huh. you know, the lumps, the bumps, the um, um, irritation in an area, um, looking in your pet's ears just to wipe them out, finding um, ear infections. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, how detrimental that can be. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I had a friend call me up and um, she was um, saying that dog's ears didn't 
smell um, r- really all that good and um, didn't see anything. And, um, you know, after we talked about it, I said, bring it to the vet. And she took it to the vet. And do you know that the pet almost died within 48 hours because the ear infection wasn't seen, but it was in so deep. But, again, if she wasn't paying attention to it and, 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 and she wasn't wiping it, what she was doing, she was wiping out the ears routinely and, 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 and smelled this. So... You know, grooming your pet is, is important, and again, it's it's nothing as, as it's as easy as just a brush and a comb and going over and paying attention and looking in areas that you don't normally look in. A lot of people don't pick up the tail of their dog's tail and, 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 and look at their dog's behind. I mean, it's just something you don't do. It's something that I do every single day, probably 10, 15 times a day, but a lot of times you find things in areas that you normally wouldn't know. Check the pads, look in the ears, brush, comb, check under the armpits, check under the tail. You know, if you feel something that's not right, have it checked out. But grooming could give your pet longevity. So if that's your best friend, why not? Give him the once-over with a good grooming. Well, of course, I have a question for Joey. Sure. And that is, you know, besides the smell, which, gosh, I get so much of with bulldogs, that, you know, Frito yeasty smell. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that tips you off, Joey, when you look in their ears that something might be going on that's not good? Well, you know what, there's, there's, besides discharge, I mean, discharge is easy because you, you're going to see it. But if even if the fleshy color of the ear canal itself doesn't look right, um, I would have it checked out. And, and you know, in, in, in this day and age, it's, it's pets are susceptible to so many, so many different things. And when it comes to ears, I find that's one of the things that I think veterinarians have the hardest time curing the problem. And it's mainly because it's not kept up with at the home. You know, there's only so much they, they could do that it needs to be kept up with. But if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't smell right, and, of course, if there's discharge, have it taken care of because ears are extremely, extremely important. And again, like I said, I've seen dogs die from bad ear conditions. And, you know, it's, so it's something not to play with. Okay, so th- this makes me ask, what should I be doing at home to care for their ears? Well, you know, just just a, a normal routine wiping out of the ears cannot hurt. And what I would do is, is I would either use a cotton ball or a, um, or, or, or a, um, even, even a, um, a tissue and I would dampen it with some witch hazel. Witch hazel you can buy in any um, drugstore, usually any supermarket has it. And basically, was it's an astringent, okay? And just go in as far as you could see. I don't want to dig in there. I don't want it to go in deep. I just want to wipe out the ear canal. And if you know, just a little routine dirt comes out, usually you're pretty good. But if you got discharge coming out, then it's time to really see your veterinarian. And if it has an odor to it, like an odor that just doesn't seem normal don't even clean them go right to your veterinarian i don't i sometimes you'll make it worse so bring it bring it to your veterinarian wow witch hazel i never knew what that was Ew. for before i really it's, and you want really you want to know something you're right i never knew what it was <laughs> what it was used for before until i got into the pet industry so, oh this is what it's used for because we use it routinely routinely for um, you can use it on skin irritations, okay, um, especially when you're clipping a dog and you go a little short and they get a little irritated. You put that on and it clears it up almost instantly. You it's know, really I was, good stuff. I was taught as a teenager to use that on your zits and pimples. Which and stuff is? Like, yeah, yeah. And I actually, yeah, it's I, drying. Yeah, I like the smell of it. 
Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was like uh, uh, flavoring, like vanilla flavoring for witches to use in their brews, you know? Oh, in their coffee, like yes. a hazelnut, witch yes. hazel? Okay. Or their witch potions, hazel. their, okay. their, their magic. Their magic potion with yes. frog I'm glad you eyeballs get this. and stuff. Yeah, I get Some people you. would say I was way out there. Yeah, no, I get We you. use yeah. it in bulldog facial folds, too. Do so you really? It works for, yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. And any 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 um areas that um are going to hold moisture on your pet um works great. Okay, why sage advice from the dog father Joey Villani here on Animal Radio. Do you want to talk to him? It is easy to do. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're listening now, which you are, I can guarantee you're listening now or you're not hearing me say you're listening now. You probably have a pet. You might have a dog. You might have a cat. You might have fish. You might have horses. But you probably don't have a beaver. Probably mm. not. Yeah. They are uh, They're exotic. I don't think it's actually legal to own beavers. No, I don't think so. It's a wild animal. But there are wildlife rehabilitators. Yes. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk to the mother of Justin Beaver. Who? Justin Beaver. Justin Beaver? (laughs) Apparently, she uh, is rehabbing a beaver, among other things. I I, I don't laugh. I mean, I don't know what this is all about. Uh, Certainly, uh, I won't. The name is adorable. I love it already. I know. Isn't that cute? Uh I'm not here to judge, but I am here to listen and find out what Justin Beaver is all about. And we'll have Justin Beavers on and mom in just a few minutes. I can't even imagine. What does what a beaver run around free in the house? Oh, I think you gosh. go to the store, you come back, and your kitchen table would be <laughs> no, gone. The legs would be gone. Uh, I, I'm going to stick to my cat. My cat is low maintenance. You and are does, a cat guy. I now. am a cat yeah. guy. And they don't really yeah. chew too much stuff up. No, they're not big chewers usually. Yeah. Uh, so she's on the way in just a few minutes. And we're also going to do a check of the news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? Um, you know, I was admiring your empathy skills, Hal, when you're talking about you're just here to listen and stuff. And have you ever thought as an animal lover that you are different from other people? You know, like you feel so much because your heart just aches for these little creatures. I know. Is that just me? No, no it's not just you. No, okay. There are others, too. But the, the amazing thing is that scientists have now discovered what it is, this physiological thing in our human bodies that causes this animal craziness, animal love, animal <laughs> empathy. What makes us animal lovers? So uh, I'll share this with you because I think it's pretty amazing. Okay. I cannot wait to find out why I love animals so much. Uh, Dr. Debbie is ready to take your calls. So is Joey Volani. If you have grooming questions for our dog father, call right now, toll free at one 405 8405 The same number if you have questions about your beaver. 
or if you have vet medical questions for Dr. Debbie. And uh, don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. They make me say that. Actually, I get 10 cents every time I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a dollar now. We're going to line two. Well, hi, May. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. What's going on in your world? Oh, well, I've just got a big cat that seems to kind of have dandruff. Oh. Uh, Not all the time, but from time to time, it seems to be clicked a little bit by the top of her tail, uh, you know, where it comes out from her body in that area. Uh, She's a Siamese cat. She weighs almost 18 pounds. (gasps) Holy moly. A couple of years, but she's not fat. She's just um, a big cat. Mm. She's not a big eater. uh, Wow exercise and everything but she's just a big cat i took her in and uh when i first got her and they said well she's not a fat cat she's just a big cat this is the way some of them are sometimes you know wow i'd have to kind of they put a little uh when i first got her they put some something on her i can't even remember what it was and but it didn't work it was very greasy and it just wore itself off and it didn't really work i was wondering if there's something i can use on her coat that might help it Mm, okay. Um, perhaps. Now, there's a couple things I, I want to ask you. Does okay. she seem itchy, scratchy? Does she have hair loss in any of the areas on her body? No, she doesn't scratch and she doesn't have any hair loss. And I kind of pulled up her fur and checked it. She doesn't have any dry spots or dry under there. It's the weirdest thing. It's kind of like a flaky... Um, when I brush her and I take the hair off the brush, you can see little spots of hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's yeah. an indoor cat, and I'm wondering if maybe it's just a dry skin that she's got. Well, the first thing is when you tell me that you have a Siamese that's 18 pounds, um, my uh, BS radar is going on that she's in good weight because there are not many um, Siamese, which are fine-boned, lean cats, is generally what the breed type is. She's so not I would Siamese. She's partial, I think, maybe half Siamese. Yeah. Well, we do see, um, especially in the hindquarter area, right over the rump, we do see a problem where um, overweight cats will commonly get dry skin in that area, and they'll have a lot of flakiness. And part of it is because they're a little bit too round, um, kind of like a weeble. They can't turn around and groom that spot very well. Uh-huh. So that can definitely play one factor in things. But when we look at, you know, what are all the causes of what makes a cat have flaky skin, well, we look at things like parasites, um, so, you know, perhaps your veterinarian did treat with like a topical parasite product because um, uh-huh. that'd be one of the simplest things that I would always start with is to make sure we're doing really good flea control um, because there's also other types of parasites you can't see, like mites that can cause um, flakiness as well as itching and so forth. So uh-huh. making she sure that you've had an outdoor cat. She's an indoor cat all the time. Understand, yeah, but there's still but types still, of... I still give her the flea thing. Um, we do that. She's mm-hmm. not um, an aggressive cat in any way, but she doesn't meow, which is really unusual. Yeah, and, that's... Um, no. When I, I, I've taken her into a vet, she goes absolutely berserk. 
Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. So some of the things, some of the things that I would tell you that, you know, we we think about when we have a cat that has this dry skin, um, even though she doesn't go outside, um, as a veterinarian, it's very simple and easy to treat for things like mites, those parasites you can't see. And that is an important thing to make sure, you know, you get that kind of knocked off the list of concerns. So if that's what your vet did treat for, super. If not, then I would make sure you, you do do that. Okay. Um, and then as far as, you know, grooming is really a big thing. So, um, um, you know, we can't replace what a cat does to groom themselves, but if this is possible that she can't reach that area, then we want to do a good regular grooming on her. So getting down to the level of the skin, getting the undercoat out, and uh-huh. using a brush or comb to really stimulate the natural oils in those areas, because that's part of the benefit of grooming. Yeah, Not well, only does it I get do rid of the hair. The time with her, and she, she tolerates whatever I, in fact, I even cut her nails, believe it or not. Great. Uh, she, she will very calmly sit there while I do that. But when yeah. you take her into the vet, I mean, they, they just see her coming and they all hide because she's a miserable <laughs> cat. I and know cats she's like because that. She doesn't meow. She hisses at them and growls and the whole nine yards, you know. Oh, so sure. I have a friend who's a veterinarian, but she's about 86 now and she's retired. So, But I did ask her and she says, well, Probably it's something in, uh, that she's either eating, it could be, or it could be something like you're telling me. And I haven't done mm-hmm. anything about the mites or anything. Would I be able to go into a vet and get something for that, or would I have to? Well, you know, really getting a veterinary opinion of this problem is really important to start things off on the right direction. Because uh-huh. you could go in and pick up medications, but really, um, you know, for myself, if I could see her, I would tell you, gosh, I think this is the best direction to go. Oh, One do. of the products that I commonly use if we're dealing just with seborrhea, which is basically a dryness and a problem with this flaking, is I'll use a, a type of a topical that's a, um, a proceramide. So it's part of the the lipids um, that we're restoring in the skin layer. So pets that have dry skin for various conditions, um, they are often deficient in these lipids in the skin. So we can use a type of a spot-on that we put on regularly, usually about once a week, and it helps to restore the lipid in the skin barrier. And that helps, you know, not just decrease the amount of sebum, the kind of the waxy stuff that they build up, but it also keeps inflammation down. It helps keep bacteria counts down and all of that. So it can help with a lot of conditions. So that's why I think it's important we we have your veterinarian say, hey, this would be a good idea. I'd like to try that. It's pretty easy. It's things you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then certainly I you know want to look at things like her, well, her size, her weight, it, and her diet. Since I use a, a, a good brush to brush her every day, and I can take the, the hair off of that from after I brush her, and you can see the small pieces in it, would it be feasible to take that into the vet and say, look, I hate to bring the cat in because... And, and show them this, would they be able to go any further with that? It would be very limited because there are some types of parasites that live on the surface of the hair, and there's others that live inside the skin. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just like anything, you know, if um, something's cut off and removed from the uh, an organism as a whole, it really doesn't give us the full picture. Right. So, right. you know, your vet may say, hey, sure, you know, maybe I really don't want to see your cat. <laughs> Bring in some hair and some I mean, scale, and I'll look at that. The size of her. She, she's about two feet long, too. She's not uh, a small cat. She's a big cat. And uh, well, they take look, one look at her, and then, of course, they want to pet her, and she's not having any of that, you know. She just <laughs> lets them know, forget it. You know, you're not going to get a pet in me. 
but she's she's come a long way with me. I, when I first got her, she was very, very strange to everyone, but now she likes my grandchildren. As long as they don't try to grab her, she doesn't like that. So they've learned the hard way, too, not to do that. Not mm-hmm. that she scratches, scratch them, but she'll really growl at you and makes you kind of scared, you know. So yeah, I've gotten yeah. through a lot of things with her, and I think that you're probably right. I would have to see, take her into the vet and just take my chances that they won't throw me out the door. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's, you know, there's other ways to, you know, get a cat safely into the veterinary office. So, you know, probably a lengthy conversation, but there are some drugs that I'll often use for pets that are actually cats that are aggressive, but we can give them medication um, such as gabapentin, and that can actually help calm them, make them not sedated, but less aggressive and reactive Uh in a veterinary setting. So you might even ask, you know, if there's something like that that they um, are familiar with or they're comfortable with that they're okay prescribing in advance of the visit because I'll tell you I've used some different medications on cats before they come in the office and it really can make a huge difference it's all about how to do this with less stress for the animal less risk for injury for both pet and you know veterinary professional sure, as well so sure. yeah so well, just you talk to your veterinarian much. about that you were very helpful of course that's wonderful I listen to your show all the time and it's amazing how many things you come up with and I think well I didn't know that you know you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Huh? You are. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Maury was asking when the Animal Radio Olympics are going to continue. We're not sure yet. I, I think Judy's pretty much in control of that. What is the deal with that? Is it uh, something we'll do again? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we will. You had fun with it. I did. I okay. Had yeah, because I won. But she so. was the winner. Yeah. <laughs> you knew, you knew everything. My intellect was bruised for like three days after that. I know. I know. <laughs> Me too. And I didn't even participate. <laughs> well, maybe next time you should. I really, I would have liked to have participated. Maybe next time, since you know all the answers, you ask the questions. I ask the questions. Make oh, it, there you go. Make That's it a, a little more fair for everybody else. Or yes. we throw it out to the listeners and let the listeners answer the questions. I'm just saying that might, uh, uh, you know. 
Uh-huh. I'm glad you guys have an open mind about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Ah, let's see. We're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Also, a few minutes away from Justin Beaver's mother. And uh, let's see. What are you working on for the news? You said Justin Beaver, right? I, I wanted to clarify. It is Justin Beaver. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patricia might have been upset. Um, I, I've got a bunch of stories for you. But one of them is so horrific. I'm not even going to tease it, okay? Because it's it's a short blurb. But, man, this story just brings about... So many thoughts and so many what ifs and so many whys. It's really. Can I just save the tease? Yeah, you can say. Actually, that was okay. a tease. The lack of not the lack of yeah. a tease is a really good tease there. Yeah, it was. It was okay. Uh, so that's on the way in just a few minutes. Something that we know nothing about, but it should be something you're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which phone? Uh, let's go to one. Okay, thank God we have you here. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh, taking the call. What's going on? Uh, just a quick question. Uh, my, I have a 10-year-old dog. She's got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid. Um, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just worried, wondering if that's something I need to check out. Yeah. Now, what kind of doggie? I'm sorry. She's a... a, a but from the pound and like suffers, and I got off the res, and I'm told okay. she's cowdy mix. Okay. And is the lump? Is it on the inside of the eye? On the outside? What what uh, area coming in it's from the, the nose outside. to the side? On the outside. Okay. Well, Lower the the good majority of of little masses along a dog's eyelid they tend to be benign growths, um, okay. and of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. So that's by far the, the biggest um, uh, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, um, and sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a cauliflower-like growth off of them, and they can rub on the eye. So um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. If you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of things. Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited. Um, if they're pigmented, kind of a black color, sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma, a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid. Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area, um, like squamous the cell carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, um, that, so that's my argument. Do? Would, they, would they zap it off and, and test Sometimes. it? Or what would they yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs will <laughs> okay. sit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple things. We can, if it's root large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, an electrocautery. At my office, we have a laser that we use, and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface. So that technique can you can be used for some of the smaller um, or less uh, less serious ones. If we're worried that it's a more serious tumor, we're going to probably go for that V-wedge because we want to get nice, clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul. 
Um, but how so, much yeah, can you so tell I, by looking at it? If you if I, if I brought her into the office, could you look at it and say, yeah, it looks like this or it looks like that? In some cases, yeah, um, usually. Um, but I would say just because the great majority of these type of tumors are meibomian gland tumors, and you know the breed sometimes gives us some clues because we know that there are um, some dogs like poodles, cocker spaniels, um, collies that tend to get these um, benign eyelid tumors a little bit more frequently. So um, if we've got that, there's sometimes a little bit of the odds game we can play to to help, and I, that may not help your situation since you have a mixed breed dog, um, but uh, well, potentially. Yeah, I was wondering whether or not to make an appointment, so it sounds like I should. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely encourage you. And, you know, it could be something we can handle pretty simply. Um, and just sometimes a little bit of, you know, monitoring, watching, and waiting uh, is acceptable for these type of things. Beautiful. I will uh, keep an eye on it, but I'll, I guess I'll make an appointment for next week as well. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it. Thanks for the call, John. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. You can learn more over at EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. The pets are all part of your life. Make them welcome in your life. Here is today's automotive news. I'm Nick Miles. I got to spend three days at the BMW Performance Center in South Carolina test driving the new 2019 BMW X4. It starts around $60,000 and the X4 handles surprisingly like a sports car. I may have gone through a set of tires in the morning, but it was all well worth the expense because the car handles like a dream. With sleek BMW classic looks, it has great cargo space and increased rear legroom space. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. It's not that often that a vehicle can truly awaken your senses, but the 2018 Alfa Romeo Giulia does just that. Crafted to provide a truly unique driving experience, desire knows no limits. Learn more by visiting alfaromeousa.com. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618-888-785-0618-888-785-0618-888-785-0618-888-785-0618. Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay a new to your pets, please. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A new California law is changing the way that pet stores sell pets, making it the first state to ban retail sales of certain pets in an effort to crack down on puppy mills. That's what's behind it all. It says that pet stores can only sell cats, dogs, and rabbits 
They come from local rescue groups or shelters or animal control agencies. And store operators will face a $500 fine if they violate that new law. Another California law, which we talked about last hour, that will further advance pet protections in the state by allowing judges in divorce proceedings to consider the best interests of pets and create custody arrangements for them. We also learned that 88% of those pets' custody fights are over dogs. And on the national stage, you guys, I had to bring this up. A new law that was overlooked by many is that cats and dogs were literally rescued by the farm bill that was signed last month by President Trump. Now, you may not have heard this part because it was granted it was a massive bill and covered many things, but it did include a provision officially banning the slaughter and trade of companion animals for human consumption. Now, that doesn't happen much that we know of or that we hear about. But before the bill, it was actually legal in 44 states in America to turn cats and dogs into food. Well, police in Hamden, Connecticut, say a man actually had to shoot and kill his own dog in a park because he feared it might attack some children who were close by when things got out of hand. The man told police that his dog, a pit bull, who was not on a leash at the time, that's the very first thing you need to know, the dog was not on a leash. But because his dog was not leashed and attacked and seriously injured another dog that was on a leash, he felt that he had to take action. But right there, you see, with the owner of the injured dog were that man's three children. The owner of the dog who initiated the attack The one who did the shooting was licensed to carry a gun, according to police. But again, the entire situation could have been avoided if the man had his dog on a leash. But because the dog was loose in a park, that dog is dead, another dog was injured, and three kids had to watch the whole ugly scene that they will likely never, ever forget. Can I just say this whole thing is just very, very bizarre, very weird, and I can't believe that there's no legal implications to this. Yeah, something's missing. It is is under investigation by the police, but I, you know... I think about this, and I think it's so horrific because none of it had to happen, right? Sure, and and, and really, though, I mean, think about it. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. Could you ever shoot your animal with a gun? Or well, I, I mean, could you? I mean, if I, if I was fearful it was going to harm somebody, I don't know. You would shoot your dog if you were fearful I, that I don't know when that circumstance nobody really knows what they do they would I like do. to think right. they would I do they would like to think they would know if it was going to harm somebody or kill somebody but right you don't know what you, you don't do know in that what moment. you would but actually do that really? is a good point Hal, because now now look I, I would think there would be a big investigation if say that his uh, the man who did the shooting that his wife was standing nearby and he accidentally shot the wife while he was shooting for the dog i mean then you would go ah you know that's really off but you know like judy said i i think this could have happened but it is being investigated so we'll keep you posted okay Mm -hmm. i love this story guys scientists have discovered a genetic difference in animal lovers so that's probably you right Mm -hmm. i mean you always knew you were different huh This genetic difference lies in a gene that is responsible for producing a hormone called oxytocin. And you've probably heard of oxytocin before, but it's commonly called the love hormone. 
they use it, the reference it a lot when talking about bonding between a mother and her child. But oxytocin boosts bonding between people. But this study is the first time that it has been linked to relationships between people and animals. Researchers at the University of Edinburgh's Roslyn Institute and Scotland's Rural College found that those who showed the greatest compassion for animals actually had a different version of the oxytocin gene. They found also that that women responded more positively towards animals than men, as did those who uh, chose a profession in an animal-related field, you know, maybe in a veterinarian's office. But, of, of course, people's attitudes towards animals are influenced by a variety of social factors, considering early life experiences, personality traits, your religious beliefs. However, they say... This is the very first time that scientists have shown that genetics may also play a big role in our human love of animals. So those of us who who aren't married or whatever, if we married another animal lover, I wonder if they would get like, you know, three times the animal empathy. (laughs) That would hurt. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And Lori, I got to tell you, you know, I really didn't think about this until I started looking, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I have photos of only my animals on my phone. In fact, uh, <laughs> the screensaver is animals. And I have no... But that means you're pretty normal, right? I guess it does mean I'm normal. But I probably should have a picture of my spouse or friends, at least, in there, right? But <laughs> Yeah, I think I might have one picture of my spouse holding my animal. There you go. And that's the only reason you have the picture. That's right, because the animal's in it. Let's uh, go to James, who has a call for Joey. Hey, James, where are you calling from? Well, right now I'm in uh, Lake Park, Georgia. Lake Park, Georgia. Yes, sir. I'm a truck driver, and I'm calling for a little bit of Joey's advice here on account of I have this little bug that loves to ride around with me, but sometimes we stay out on the road for very extended periods of time. And, you know, giving them a proper bath is not very feasible. So I'm wanting to know what I could do for him, you know, what products or what procedures I Joey might recommend to keep him clean and, you know, healthy while he's out on the road with me. So let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. What's your main objective is just to clean the dog? Is the dog getting stinky? Is it shedding? Because that's going to determine really, you know, what direction I go in. Yeah, well, I brush them every day, um, but we're out sometimes for two months at a time, and it gets a bit oily and stuff, you know, and and okay. we're walking around in grass that, you know, I don't know what's in there. I just want to keep I mean, I got front line and all that for him as far as fixing fleas and all that, but, I, I t- you know, he just gets dirty. 
there's a lot of products out there on wipes that you can go that you can go to the store and and, and get um, a lot of some spray um, dry shampoos and and you know a lot of things out there on the shelves that you can go out and buy. But if you want a real quick fix, and this works unbelievable, and it's good that you're brushing and combing the dog now because you, you you're removing the dead coat. So if you're used to doing that, you're gonna go to the store and you're gonna buy yourself a 69 cent box of baking soda. Now baking soda you're going to sprinkle that in the coat. Now it's going to do two things. It's going to number one remove the oil because it's going to absorb. So you're going to sprinkle it on, you're going to let it sit, I don't know, just a couple of minutes and then you're going to brush it through. Not only is it going to re- absorb the dirt and the oil, it's going to also neutralize any odors, any smells or anything like that. Um and it's going when when you brush it, it's going to fall off the dog after it absorbs everything and fall to the ground. So the best thing to do is is that I wouldn't do this while you're in your truck. I would actually do this outside of the truck when you stop. Um, sprinkle the dog with it. Brush it through. It's going to be real safe. It's really it's really good for the coat. Um, the dog is going to smell good. And a really good thing and trick with with um, dogs that have folds in their face. And and some some pugs do, some pugs don't, depending on you know how flat the face is. If you use that and you put that in the folds, it'll dry out any type of moisture that's in there. And the baking soda portion of itself will um, actually remove any facial odor. It works really good. It's a good thing. It's nice and cheap. And you know what? I think that you'll be really satisfied until, you know, listen, nothing's ever going to replace a good old soap and water bath. But this is something that you can stretch out with a short-haired dog. Um, you can stretch it out quite some time. I think be real happy with it, too. Well, I'm fascinated because that's one thing I was really worried about was, like, the fold in his face. I mean, I get into a cutis every now and again, and I've been using, like, wet ones and stuff, but that's a very good tip. I and, really think you know, and you can continue to use the, the the wet ones, but um, the baking soda, you know, if if you wipe it out with the, with the with the with the wet ones, go on with the baking soda. And I'm tell you what, you're gonna notice that there's no odor from the face, and if there's any irritation, any redness, nine times out of ten, that's gonna go away as well. Mm. I use that on my mother-in-law. She has a real wrinkly face. How? She does kind of a stinky face, too. So, And I got that tip from you last week. I appreciate that. one 405 8405 to connect with the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. The Black Cloud Sound Dot AF1 headsets have a built-in FM receiver with dual dynamic drivers and customizable EQ and sound effect settings. They're capable of delivering beautiful sound. You can also tune directly to any FM radio station without internet access. Visit www.blackloud.com. Create your account and order Sound Dot AF1 by inputting the radio station coupon code Animal Radio to get the special 10% off discount. We are uh, heading to, where are we? Is this going to be Kentucky we're heading to I'm right now? I'm not sure. With Bridget Bruyere. Bruyere, how are you doing, Bridget? I am in Kentucky. You are in Kentucky. And you do something kind of special there. You uh, rescue what? Native wildlife. So no dogs, no cats, no pets. It's all animals that would be naturally found in Kentucky. Okay, so i got to think there's got to be possums, lots of possums. Yep. Possums, bats, foxes, beavers, a lot of raccoons, a lot of squirrels. Were you on the show Bandit Patrol? I was, yes. 
Have you seen the I show? I knew it. <laughs> I love that show. Yes. Oh, yay. That's awesome. I, I can't say that I've ever yeah, heard. I what is that, Lori? We're lost. It, it was all women in Kentucky who rescued all different kinds of wildlife. You know, everything from skunks to raptors, eagles and owls. It was amazing. It was a great show. When's it coming back? Oh, unfortunately, they did not renew us. You'll have to just try to catch a rerun. But there's, they have so many animal shows, and they just kind of rotate them around. So Now, I understand, and Judy came in. She came in screaming to the studio about a week ago. She says, I booked the guardian of Justin Bieber. And I was like, Justin Bieber? She, yes. No, this is apparently <laughs> Justin Bieber that we're talking about, yes. who's a beaver yes. that you rescued. It is, yes. JB, as we call him, or Justin Bieber, came to me. Uh, May of 2000, let's see, we're just in 19, in 17. So he has been with me for quite some time. He came in just a couple months old, so very tiny, still being bottle fed. And he was supposed to make his way to our uh, rehab center that houses just all of our animals. Um, but we were a little slow on the draw. We had to raise quite a bit of money for his enclosure, get the pond built. So we're just finishing that. Well, now, how did you say he came to you in 2017? What did he knock on the door? Did someone bring him to you? What was wrong that he ended up at your doorstep? Well, he was- he was not quite old enough to have his driver's license, so somebody did drive him to me. He was found as just an orphan baby, one single beaver. And uh, most likely, unfortunately, his parents were either shot or they were drowned. Um, when people mm. find beavers, they don't always love them around. And uh, they're not very tolerant on trapping and relocating. So they are trapped underwater, unfortunately. Mm. So um, they do drown. Yeah. How long do beavers live? I hope that he lives uh, almost 20 years in captivity. They don't live quite as long in the wild, of course, because they're exposed to potential risks that uh, they don't in captivity. Now, I would imagine he can't run around loose. Otherwise, your furniture would be chewed up. Oh, well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's very chewed up. I've only been in this house. Um, just a couple months longer than JB has been with me. And it used to be very nice. And almost every doorway, door, baseboard has been chewed on. My antique furniture has been chewed. And this is with me closely supervising him. Oh, no. How often does he have to swim? Um, I put him in a bathtub about five times a day. Wow. Wow. That's a full time. It is full time. It makes it difficult for me to go out in very long stenches, but um, he'll have his own pond that he can go to the bathroom and dam up over and over throughout the day. So does he try to dam up the bathtub? Oh, yes, he does. That's the first (laughs) thing when he gets out of the bathtub. It's really kind of a funny routine that we have developed. So I I know when he needs to go out, his regular times, and he does make some sounds that um, if he's asking me that he really does need to go to the bathroom. So I put him in a bathtub, and he hops on the ledge, but he won't get off the ledge. I have to lift him down. I towel dry him, and then he turns around and finds something to dam up the uh, bathtub. It's really like good. shampoo mm-hmm. bottles and, and that kind of stuff? Shampoo bottles, if there's a towel on the floor, or the bathroom rug he uses, a stuffed animal, socks. Oh, yeah, if there's one thing laying out, he'll find it. 
I want to set the scene because listeners can't see this. We we do have a picture. We we are skyping with Brigitte, uh-huh. and so we do have a picture of what she looks like and, and her surroundings on the wall behind her. Uh, a couple of pictures of uh, looks like an opossum. Is that correct? An oh, opossum family. Yeah. That was an opossum. Let's see who do I have. Oh, that was an opossum that we had for a long time. His name's Big Boy. My volunteer team got together and had that painting done for me. And the other ones back there, there's three skunks. They are our permanent resident education skunks. I call that uh, picture my three sons. (laughs) You can't see, but believe it or not, I have my son and my daughter on the wall right next to them. How do they feel about all of this? Are they gung-ho with mom's animal rehab not at all so um (laughs) they do not love the animals in the house uh to say the least um jb is regularly damming up my daughter's door so sometimes she tries to open it and has to move stuff out before she can fully (laughs) open the door so who pays for all of this we run solely on donations. Okay. It's very difficult to continue to raise our uh, our funds to take care of all these animals. And how can someone donate and help you out? They can go directly to our website, and there's links on there. They can um, send us a check via the mail. Our address is on there, and we also have a PayPal account. And, and that- our website is secondchanceswildlife.org secondchanceswildlife.org and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet well, would you go give I guess the nearest wild exotic animal that you have there a big old hug from all of us at Animal Radio okay? I sure will thanks for having me. We've just been informed that we've been kicked out of the studio we gotta vacate for the next show I mean I'm having a lot of fun I'd stick around but apparently we're not allowed to do that Uh, But if you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And then, of course, join us once again next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.